Hey everyone, as the year comes to a close, we hope that you're feeling that holiday spirit. On today's episode, we've got Elena Robistelli. Although Elena is only a college senior, she's amassed loads of music industry work experience, working at festivals, Atlantic Record, and Live Nation. She's also an active participant in Warner Music's Career Classroom series. Elena shares some incredible tips on how to stand out and get experience in entertainment as a teenager and also how to market yourself properly in interviews. So let's get right to this. And now, hosted by Harry G, this is your one-stop shop for hot talk straight from the top. Whether you're trying to build a job in pop, rock, or any other artsy schlock, here's your top dog with info that can't be bought, it's gotta be sought. So sit back, crack a six-pack, because we're about to chit-chat and rip facts. It's the First Act Podcast. So today we have Elena Robostelli on the podcast. Elena, how's it going? It's going good. How are you, Harrison? It's going great. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm really stoked to interview you because, you know, you're what, like a senior in college? Yeah, I'm a senior at Franklin and Marshall, 21 years old. And you already have like a bunch of experience in the music industry. Yeah, it's definitely what I want to do post-grad is what I'm shooting for. And I've gotten to be really lucky really since my senior year of high school working in music. And it's also been something that I've carried like into my extracurricular work at FM. When I was a teenager, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like I was playing guitar in like variety shows, which was cool. Right. But like that wasn't like trying to forge a career in anything that was just you know playing guitar to have a good time like how did you know even that like the music industry existed I think probably my first exposure to that the fact that the music industry existed was this movie called that thing you do it's a cult classic with Tom Hanks yeah it's one of it's really my favorite movie of all time and I saw it when, when I was maybe like eight years old my parents loved it and that was honestly like my first exposure to like how record labels functioned. And I'm, I swear to God, like we watch it all the time at home, honestly. We've seen it like a hundred times, but that was really my first kind of impression of what music was. And, you know, I've grown up being a musician. I play three instruments. I've been involved in acapella since I was in middle school. And I still do that throughout college. But I knew kind of probably when I was about like 14, 15, that it was like, okay, I don't want to be a performer like for my career, but I still love, you know, like the music ecosystem. And that's really what I wanted to focus on. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, you know, but we had a, actually a mandatory um, internship program that we had to do for the second semester of my senior year of high school. And I really interned, you, you interned in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was, I went to a public high school, but it was a really good school. And I think it was an awesome thing because everybody had senior writers anyway. We didn't want to be, you know, in our normal classes. So I only came into school for my APs in like March through June was just AP classes. My regular classes were over. And instead we had an internship program. We had to find some way to do, you know, an unpaid internship that we would get school credit for. We had to do to graduate and it could be it could be anything yeah it could be anything most people stayed pretty local i think there were a lot of people that ended up interning at the middle school and elementary schools for teachers but i don't really have that much patience with the kids so i knew i wanted to stay away from that i knew i didn't want to be a teacher so i started thinking about what i wanted to do i want to do something in music 
didn't know how to get there. And I was talking to actually my chemistry teacher and granted I was terrible at chemistry, but we really got along with our music taste. He was really into rock music. I'm super into rock music. And I reached out to him and I was like, hey, do you know of anything in, like in the music scene in you know Westchester, New York that I could intern for? And it turns out that his really good friend is super involved with a local music festival that's like 15 minutes away from me at home. So I ended up interning for them. And it was really amazing because I was their first intern ever. And I was really, really behind the scenes with everything. And it gave me kind of this dive into the music industry. And I've been hooked ever since. Okay. So you got the internship through your chem teacher. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I guess he's like, either he's really into music or he plays instruments. Both. Yeah. Cool. What was your internship like? Like, what what was this festival? Oh, my God. So it's called the Pleasantville Music Festival. Um, It's every July in Pleasantville, New York. They usually have, it's kind of like a family-friendly festival. The year that I worked there, we had about 7,000 people there. So it was definitely, like, not tiny. We brought in a lot of local acts. We had a battle of the bands that I helped run that we would get, you know, teenagers and college kids to try out for and be on the main stage. And really, I was kind of dipped my toe into everything. I was kind of like the right-hand person for the executive director of the festival. Everybody that works on that festival are just like volunteers for the community. So I was just another volunteer. And I've volunteered there for the day of show every year since then, except 2020, obviously. So did you get to meet a lot of the talent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the year that I interned, Suzanne Vega was performing, Blues Traveler, was headlining wow yeah and a lot of like kind of 80s and 90s people they usually get there's one year that they had guster which was really great they had psychedelic furs and a lot of smaller bands too i don't know if you know the band ripe they're based in boston you should definitely listen to them what are they called sorry bands ripe r-i-p-e all right i'm gonna check them out yeah they're like a funk band kind of a jam band So we've had a bunch of those over the years and it's pretty cool. Some of the people that I've met through the festival have actually stayed in touch with, you know, like three or four years later, there was actually a concert in Lancaster where I go to school um, last year with the band Lawrence, another one of my faves. And there's a band called Melt that was opening for them and they played at Pleasantville and I got to be their concert photographer for that show just because like I knew them from back in the day. So you stay in touch with the bands? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a huge music person. I listen to music 24-7. You know, even for like a band like Lawrence, I got them to play at my school. So I stayed in touch with them. And then the next time that they were in the Pennsylvania area, they were like, hey, you want to be on the guest list for the show? So, you know, I love like hanging out with the smaller bands and stuff. But I also love being on the more business side of things. So is this is this the festival that you met Drake Bell? No. So Drake Bell, I booked by myself. <laughs> Drake Bell, I booked at my college. Uh, really? Yeah, in 2019. So I guess kind of going in chronological order after I interned for Pleasantville in high school, I knew I when I went to college that I wanted to be involved with whatever shows were being put on. I was looking at some bigger schools, some smaller schools like FNM. I decided to commit to FNM like three days before the national deadline. (laughs) Very last minute decision. But luckily enough, they had a college entertainment committee and a fall fest and a spring arts festival. So we had two festivals per year. 
And I think I emailed the organization's account like over the summer before I got to college because I was like, hey, I have experience doing this. I need to be a part of this. Fall Fest is end of September. Like I want to get involved now. You looked yeah. into this, I guess, before you even accepted the offer. You were like, okay, they've got like this Fall Fest. Like this is a school that I want to go yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty neurotic of me. But when I was like 17 years old, right, I was just starting my Pleasantville experience, right? Because it was my senior year of high school. I knew I was like, I knew pretty early on, like I loved putting on shows, all of the kind of behind the scenes stuff, whether it's like stage plots or, you know, catering or all that stuff. Like I was involved with all of it <laughs> at Pleasantville. I knew I wanted to be involved to a degree with that in college. So I was considering a bunch of schools towards the end and I really looked into all of them to see if they had, you know, like an entertainment sector. I looked into music industry programs for a couple schools, but I, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in, but I just knew like extracurricularly, I wanted to be involved with whatever like live show scene was going on. I think that that's the best way to approach it. Like nothing, I'm not going to knock music business programs. I, you know, I, I went to a school that didn't have one. So I just took like, you know, two or three electives that were in music business, kind of putting some air quotes yeah. out there. So you didn't study music business. Like what did you, so what are you studying now? So I'm an American studies major and my specific concentration is in media and pop culture. And then I'm a Judaic studies minor. So it's super like liberal artsy, <laughs> but it's really given me this awesome backbone in terms of like copywriting or just like analyzing culture. I honestly wouldn't change a thing. I think people who do music industry programs are awesome. I knew I wanted to do other things besides that in college and I knew I didn't want to go to a conservatory or business school. So I've taken business classes in college for sure, but I've a lot of what I've done throughout you know these past four years have been like okay i learned by doing you know what i mean yeah you got to make those opportunities for yourself and i think that would be like the biggest thing i would say to people who are looking to get into music or entertainment or just marketing in general because that's where a lot of my experience lies is like you have to find a way to get involved you know like it doesn't matter if you don't have a music industry program like if you can carve out those opportunities for yourself like it really makes all the difference and it's, it's pretty weird. Like the career services department at my school, like knows my professional experience and they've connected me with a few underclassmen, like just this semester been like, Hey, like, how do you get into music? How do you get into marketing? And it's like, it's not rocket science. Like you just like make the opportunities. Right. But it, a lot of people, you know, for instance, like me, when I was in high school, when I was in college, like I wasn't really sure how to create these opportunities. Yeah. And like I took a semester abroad and to the UK and like that was how I got my start. I think I told you I was just like yeah. badgering the local, you know, music festival writing on everything. But like that's post. very similar to what I did, you know? What yeah. I mean? Like that, that's what you have to do. And so I didn't think about working summer internships. Can right. you talk a little bit about like your mindset going into like each summer? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, it's important to establish, like, I came from a community, obviously, that valued internships, considering that we had to do one in high school. I think that definitely gave me a leg up when I was starting to apply to internships. And granted, like, my first year, year two, were not music industry related. They were more marketing related. So actually, after I interned for 
Pleasantville that same summer because like the festival ended in July and then the day after I left and I was a camp counselor I taught music and songwriting to kids that were like only a few years younger than me I was a teacher's assistant and it was like a super weird experience but it was also really fun because I got to live you know in New York by myself I got to like have kids kind of look up to me which I thought was pretty cool but it wasn't like interning for middle schoolers or something which I don't think I could handle these kids were like basically my peers. So that summer was like a lot of work. Um, so the kids were like around your age that you yeah, were. They were. I, I actually had some students that were in this program that were like older than me. It was super weird. There was like a 19 year old in the program and I was like a 17 year old TA. Honestly, um, good for you. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a really cool experience. Super weird in terms of like power dynamics, I guess. But I, again, like I've been a musician my whole life. I wrote songs for a really long time. So like teaching that was, I think, really fruitful for me. And then the summer after that, I got an internship for like a clothing startup company doing like all of their digital, all of their web design. We did, I organized like photo shoots for them. I found the models, I found the photographer. And again, that was like another, that was another local company, like five minutes away from me. So, you know, we're not talking about, you know, some big New York company. It was seriously a local business. Which is a good opportunity to learn anyhow. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like definitely like intern and trying to find work at local businesses. Like you can even ask if there's some company that might not have a listing online or something. But, you know, you're looking for work. You can, you know, shoot an email or call the local business and be like, hey, are you looking for an intern? Like I have this experience or I don't have any experience and- I just wanna learn and let me yeah, help out. Exactly, yeah. and like people like to help out students, I think. So I interned for them after my freshman year. And then after my sophomore year was when things really got crazy. And that's when I landed my Atlantic internship. Yeah, so that let's- change the game for me. All right, so you got, you got into Atlantic Records in a very interesting and unique and kind of like unconventional way. How did this happen? Yeah. So, okay, first of all, I should say, like, I don't have any, like, connections. I didn't know anybody. I'm happy you said that. What? I'm happy that you're saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I I want everyone to know that this is totally, totally possible. Yeah. It's not always about who you know. Sometimes it's, like, about you have the chops. You know what I mean? So I joined this music industry career networking Facebook group. I think that's what it's actually called. I definitely recommend, like, anyone listening to join it. It's like a private group, but I think if you answer a few questions, you can get pretty easily accepted into it. And this is really for the more business side of things. So it's, there are a lot of job listings posted, a lot of like people asking for referrals, stuff like that. And my future boss actually posted the Atlantic listing. I think he actually posted it for a spring internship. He posted it in the fall of my sophomore year. And I was like, hey, I'm not gonna be like in New York for a spring internship because I go to school in Amish country, Pennsylvania, but I'm just going to apply for this anyway, because there's probably less competition. So, so I literally sent him my resume over Facebook messenger. I literally, I have the receipts. Like it's crazy that I can just like, I'll, I'll just search his name. Cause like we're obviously Facebook friends now and like, we'll see where it all started in like 2018 going into 2019. So he was like, okay, like let's talk. And he called me like in November, December of my sophomore year. We spoke on the phone. I was like, hey, like, I hope you know, like I go to school in PA, like, like my resume says, like I 
really ideally like either work remotely in the spring or do summer. And he's like, okay, let's keep you on lock in the, for the summer. And I interviewed two more times. One was over the phone with his bosses, which is pretty awesome because like it was an interview with like the, the woman who's now the senior vice president of digital wow. at Atlantic. Yeah. She's awesome. She was ju- actually just featured in the billboard women in music. Who is she? Uh, Michelle Cranford. She's super great. And so I interviewed with her and then I was asked to come into the office because like the first two were over the phone, right? And then I was asked to come into the office during my winter break. So I think like January, I went into Atlantic headquarters. I was, you know, scared shitless, (laughs) shaking. I was like, I've never even been in like a big office building before, much less like, you know, Atlantic. So I took the train into the city and I think... In my interview, they asked me what I would do for a marketing plan for Ben Platt because they were coming out with Ben Platt's kind of pop debut. And they were like, hey, like we need ideas for this. They were just like on the spot, like, can you give us like a plan? And I was like, I thought for a few minutes. I was like, actually, I'm really familiar with Ben Platt. Like a lot of my backgrounds in musical theater. Um, so, and I just like spurted out something. I don't even remember what I said, but the next day they offered me the job. And, you know, obviously I took it. So I got the internship and for like the week after, I couldn't even believe that it was real. I thought they would like pull back or something if I like didn't get the paperwork in time. I was like- Feels like a dream. Yeah, it feels like a dream. I yeah. think I had to sign like an NDA before I started because, you know, you're working with a lot of- That's intense. Industry. You were like, well, like 19, 20 years old. I was 18. 18, wow. I'm, I'm young for my grade. Okay. So 18 turning 19, I believe. Yeah. I interned obviously in digital marketing for Anthony, um, who is now at RCA in LA, but he was at Atlantic at the time. And he was the one who I sent my resume to over Facebook Messenger. And it was really awesome because I was working directly for Anthony. He was my supervisor, but I was really interning for everybody in the departments. Would be like I would just walk around if I didn't have like anything to do I'd just be like hey like do you have anything I can help you with and I always kept myself busy that way I think because it's like you have to be proactive like people are not going to be like seeking out the intern you know what I mean but like right. if you can provide value for them like by the end of the summer we were doing a release for Ed Sheeran and that was like super awesome because he was doing the collaborative album where it was like every single song was a collaboration and there was some sort of freak out where there were a lot of typos from the team in London, I believe, on the website. And, you know, it, this was towards the end of the summer. And then my boss was like, hey, like Elena can do it. She's never had a typo ever. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I have a liberal arts background. <laughs> You're bringing in like some, all these transferable skills into the music business. Yeah, exactly. No typos. Well, exactly. It was just like, okay, you know, she's going to write like a good caption or whatever. And she's written these things and, you know, never had a like grammatical error in them. So by the time it was Ed Sheeran, it's like, okay, now all of a sudden I'm in the back end of Ed Sheeran's website. And like, I can't mess this up because this is one of our biggest artists. And yeah, because if you screw it up, then they're not going to trust you with anything else. No, of course not. So it's like, you have to triple check everything. Even like staying late sometimes is like what you have to do to like prove yourself and be like, hey, I think a lot of people that walk through these like internship doors, a lot of the time, from what I've noticed is like they're artists, right? And so they're like walking into the label 
and they're working for the label, but they're hoping that like they're discovered by like the people that they're working for, basically. Yes, that's Have a mistake. Seen that too? Oh yeah, for sure. When I was over at Webster Hall, we would interview other interns or other contract workers for marketing. And people were just wanting to like promote their own music. And it was something that we were always looking for to be like, okay, is this person going to do the job like honestly and with integrity and like the intention of just helping grow our brand and actually provide value? Or are they taking this job as an opportunity to just kind of get their foot in the door to promote their latest EP? Yeah. And it's like, Nobody wants to see your mixtape. They want you to work. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, your mixtape could be great and that's right. fine. It's just like, you Doing know. Doing it for the wrong reasons though is like such a turnoff. And it's inauthentic if you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to land this Atlantic Records internship to put my mixtape on every single person's desk. Right. So you, you spoke a little bit about trust and, you know, kind of like being reliable and seeking out your own tasks. Can you tell me, you know, when you first started Atlantic Records, like, did they train you in or were you just kind of sitting there like waiting for work? There's about this month, right? Because I started in May where I was interning by myself because I got out of school early and most of the interns didn't come until June, I believe. And so I was really able to meet the people that I was working for on this kind of one-on-one basis and like prove my trust a little bit earlier. Not to say that it wasn't awesome to meet the other interns because it was, and I still keep in touch with a lot of them because meeting people in this like kind of horizontal manner of like people that are on your level and like not even just for networking, but like just so you can be friends with them because like being able to meet people like my peers that were like on the same level as me and also in college. And a lot of them were music business majors, but a lot of them weren't like one of the guys that I was interning with was like an art major. Um, So we were kind of all over the place and it was really great because you get to like build these relationships with people. And if you stay in touch with them, which I have stayed in touch with a bunch of them over the years, it's like, Oh, if I'm working at a label one day and you know, like a guy that I worked with a few years ago is now working at Spotify. Like that's a really good, relationship to keep but also or if you want to make a lateral move to spotify then you know as long as you know you were respectful you were helpful and you know you've stayed in touch they'll be like oh i know just the girl for for this gig yeah and i think he's not going to make any mistakes she worked on the back end of ed sheeran (laughs) exactly but even more than that i think it's great to keep in touch with like people on your level when it comes to like new industry trends or like TikTok stuff or Clubhouse stuff. You know, I got into Clubhouse like last week. I think I got an invitation to it. And I, you know, texted my friend right away that I worked with at Atlantic. And I was like, hey, man, like, what are your thoughts on this app? He's like, actually, I haven't been able to get on it. And I was like, actually, I have an invitation. So now he owes you one. Yeah, now he owes me. He owes you a good (laughs) guest list spot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, you just help each other out. And I think a big mistake that a lot of people can make and something that I've kind of had to unlearn myself is like, you don't have to see the other people that you're working with, like on your level as your competition, you can see them as like actual huge resources for you. And I think that's like been a big thing that I've developed over the years, but particularly this semester when I'm, I'm in the career classroom for Warner, which is like a panelist series that we had to apply and like interview to get into, but it's not an internship. Like I haven't been working for them, but we have a group chat of everybody that's in that program. And like so diplomatic. people send internship listings all the time. Huh? 
I was just saying that's so diplomatic. You know, it's not an internship. I don't work with them. I just attend these series. No, I I just want to clarify that because it's not like I've worked for like Warner Music Group twice. It's like I worked for Atlantic, which is owned by Warner once. And then I got into this program, which I think has been really helpful in terms of like, you know, me and the other people in the program, like in our group chat, people are really there for each other. And I've also like been partnered with a mentor at Atlantic, which is great because I didn't know him. I don't think he wasn't working in the department that he's working in now when I interned, so I didn't know him. So it's been this really great learning experience where I don't have to worry about, you know, like messing up on my work or and I don't have to worry about like asking questions because that's like the whole point of the program. So yeah. Okay. So in your you said it was in your sophomore year you interned at Atlantic. Yep. And then in your junior year, because now you're in your senior year. So in your junior year, you're an intern for Live Nation or more specifically like GovBall. Yeah. So I interned for GovBall this summer, which was insane because I accepted the job in December, January of last year. This is also, by the way, from a Facebook group. <laughs> which Facebook group is this one from? This one's from uh, Girls Behind the Rock Show, and it's a Facebook group just for women in music. Okay, so um, I can't apply to that one. You can't apply to it, but maybe some of the listeners can. Good. So this is a different Facebook group, and my future boss there posted the listing. And I think a great thing about these groups, too, is that a lot of the time they'll either say to, like, Facebook message me, which happened my first time, or they'll give you their direct email. And it's like, your direct email is so much better than, like, a cold LinkedIn DM. Um, thousand percent. Like, so much better. And it's just something that, like, people don't have their emails typically on their LinkedIn profiles or you have to like be the awkward person that's like stalking their profile to find it so it's great when they just like post it right so i emailed my future boss carly there so i interviewed with her over the phone in probably like november and then i went into the office in december january so founders entertainment which produces GovBall, is now owned by Live Nation. So their office is in Live Nation headquarters so i went there which is it's in chelsea So I went there over my winter break. Little did I know it would be the last time I would be in that office because Corona hit (laughs) and I was fully remote. But I interviewed there for the second time and I knew like if I killed this interview, I'd probably get an offer. So I decided I got to kill the interview. And this was a couple weeks, actually. I didn't tell you this before, but this was a couple weeks before the lineup was released. And, you know, everybody's speculating who's going to be on the lineup. So I made my own lineup poster. And I was like, this would be like my dream golf ball. And I think a lot of these would work. And there was like a surprising amount of accuracy between what I had proposed they book and what they actually booked. How many of the headliners did you did you get like spot on? Like three. Wow. That's maybe. great three correctly and then i got a lot of the undercard correct too like i did like a full festival like i had like 60 artists on there or whatever so so how did how did you was it just from like gut feeling personal preference or were you like scouring other other you know markets being like oh yeah like this this band seems to be doing really well on tour right now they had a great tour last year maybe they'd be good for a festival this year i would say it was probably a mix of both and i was even looking at festival lineups that had already been released like i think reading was already released in the uk i think bonnaroo and lala might have already been released maybe coachella so i was like okay like who of these artists would be good fits for like the GovBall market they actually i think their 2020 lineup what would have been was like one of their best lineups ever it was so solid and they're honestly artists that like i didn't even predict 
that were on it that I'd be like, oh my god, like Stevie Nicks was yeah. supposed to be one of the headliners, which I wouldn't have like thought of, you know, in a million years. Missy Elliott was supposed to headline too. And I did like a lot of work for her at Atlantic. So it was this really awesome thing when the golf ball lineup came out and was like, hey, this is for like the album that like I helped work on. That's really so, exciting. Yeah, and and, and was- I think it in, in a moment like that, you realize how small this industry really is. Oh my God, it's tiny. So when I interned at Atlantic, we did a huge marketing project. The interns were divided up into teams and we had to do this marketing madness presentation that we worked on like throughout the entire summer. And we got to choose one of two artists and my team chose Roddy Rich. And so we got to meet, you know, Roddy Rich's product manager, all this stuff in summer of 2019 before he blew up because the point of the project was supposed to be for like an up and coming, like small Atlantic artist. I don't think they had even announced that Roddy was signed to Atlantic. Like that's how long ago it was. And my team of like five people worked on this like fully fleshed out marketing plan for please excuse me for being antisocial. And I think it was a slightly different title. It was like, please excuse me, comma, I'm antisocial, I think was the first title that they had shared with us. But, you know, you look back a year and a half later and he's nominated for six Grammys and it's like, right. holy crap, you know. It's an explosion. It's, it's an explosion. And you never know like the small projects that you might be working on can make an impact or you can just see like oh hey like i knew that guy before he's famous not that i knew him at all but you know we listened to him we listened to the singles we i have this file that we found the other day the way the marketing madness thing happened was that they took interns from every department so i was like working with people in radio and pr and stuff and like interns that i wouldn't have necessarily known and we have all these files on my google drive of like our marketing plans and stuff and I was like, first single, like there needs to be some sort of TikTok trend for it. And sure enough, like the box blew up on TikTok. So it's just crazy to see those parallels. And, you know, you don't know how much of it, like the interns made an impact for, but just that we were, got the opportunity to even think about. Yeah, to be exposed to it, to, to be part yeah. of the discussions. And, and, you know, it's interesting that you say that because being an intern, I think that a lot of companies really value interns, not only because like, you know, in the music industry, a lot of it's like unpaid labor or like very minimally paid labor, but it's more about it is like the perspective that your age group brings. For instance, you know, you're, you have all that you have experience where, you know, at 17, you were helping out with a music festival and you were exposed to all of these things. And, you know, then you go to founders and you're kind of pitching, like, this would be like my dream lineup. This is what I think it should be. And the fact that you weren't that far off is really, really something special. And that's something that stands out because then they're going to say, okay, well, Elena is only like 20 or 21. And most of the people that we're going to be targeting to come to these festivals are between like the age range of like pretty much like 50, 16 to like 30. Like that's like the main age group. And you're right in that sweet spot. Yeah. And it's, it's this cool opportunity where these internships are really competitive and there had to be like some degree of luck on my side. But I think coming from this non-traditional liberal arts background, I think actually gave me an edge because it was like, okay, you know how to write. You've written like God knows how many papers. I've taken classes throughout college for my American studies major in hip hop, in blues music, even though it's different than what would normally be in like, you know, your NYU or like your USC music business program, I think it has given me this like toolkit where I'm like, okay, what vibe are you going for on this, you know, marketing rollout? Is it supposed to like 
be hearkening back to this other era that I know something about or whatever. Right. Okay. So I've got a question. How do you stand out in an interview? When you get that first interview, you were talking a little bit with your experience with GovBall, how you stood out by being like, okay, I've got to crush this interview. You know, how can I do that? You came up with a lineup. What are some other ways that you have found creative ways of crushing interviews to stand out? So I would say like most of the roles that I've gone for over the past few years have been either like in touring or like live events or for like digital and just like marketing in general. And I would say particularly for the digital and like the general marketing roles, I would say like in your interview, like you have to really kill like a marketing interview because if you can't talk about your own brand, like how can you talk about anybody else's? And that's kind of been my approach. So whenever I'm Sometimes I'll like honestly link my Instagram in an email to people or I'll just keep my social media public because I'm like, hey, I don't have anything like, you know, taboo on here, but it shows who I am, whatever. And when you're going into an interview, you have to think about how can I tell a story, right? And for me, it's like my story came about like my senior year of high school, like I talked to you about earlier and just like showing that kind of history and like, you know, somebody else's storytelling might not be the same as mine but you have to be able to like make it all fit and for me it's like I'll talk about my American studies major in interviews and I'll be like hey like yeah it's not your typical business program but American studies is all about analyzing people and groups of people and honestly marketing is the same thing just in a different discipline so I kind of make that tie there a lot of the times in my interviews, and I think you can really do that for any liberal arts major, unless maybe you're like natural sciences wanting to go into the music industry. But if you're like, I'm like a social sciences major and like if you're social sciences or humanities, I think the tie can be made. Yeah, and I think like whether it's your, you know, relevant coursework or hey, one thing I also do at school is like, I'm the VP of marketing for my sorority, which sounds ridiculous to a lot of people in the music industry, but who's harder to please than sorority girls? Like, honestly, you have to make sure your (laughs) social media and your marketing's good. And I swear to God, it's like, okay, I have spearheaded for two years marketing efforts for a chapter of 80 girls. And I know that doesn't directly tie to the music industry, but I've had to make a lot of my own content. But it's more challenging. (laughs) It's, It's arguably more challenging, but I would say like dealing with artists and like, artist managers and dealing with sorority girls is like actually a really interesting parallel. (laughs) I like that you're taking like the sociological approach, like the, you know, the psychology of like large groups, because I interviewed somebody else on the podcast, um, this guy, Eric Olson, and he runs radio strategy and promo for a company called Crush Music. And like, he's worked with Justin Bieber to help like break him through radio. He's worked with Sia. He's worked with like the list goes on, but he says something very unique at the beginning of the interview He's like, I took a lot of classes in sociology because he's like learning about studying people or groups of people. He took that approach to a lot of the different roles. And I'm sure he still does that today about how to think about the strategy behind the decision making for marketing strategy, radio strategy. So it's very, it's very interesting that you're saying that like he's been in the, in the music business for a long time and like you're just like entering it now and nothing on that front has really changed. You know, it's, it's, it's all about the perspective, you know, the tools might've changed, the outlets might've changed, but the perspective hasn't. You at the end of the day are trying to reach people, right. And you're trying to like showcase an artist's story through marketing. 
And I think keeping that basis and everything that you do and like definitely tying like data into it and like data analytics and whatever programs like the companies use is also super important. But like also thinking about the markets that you're trying to hit, wanting everything to seem natural and not forced and not something that you're trying to do just to like cater to a particular audience. Like it's so obvious too, like these days, if you see like an artist trying to create like a TikTok dance to their own song or something, it's like, okay, be a little more creative. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's also just like, it seems forced. I don't know. It's like, you want everything for, in my opinion, you want everything for a marketing rollout to like, just make sense with the artist's story. And you don't want to go like too much out of left field to be like, this is not something the artist would actually want. Okay, so I have a couple questions just before we wrap it up. One question is, now that everything is virtual, I think you've probably seen how the industry has been shifting and trying to adjust to it. From your perspective, what do you think is a future of the music business? Well, I think, and this is obviously easy for me to say as a college student, not somebody that's like in the official workforce yet, but I think despite everything that's gone on and how terrible it's been for a lot of music industry professionals, particularly like in the live space, I think like trying to find opportunities out of the chaos is something that is really important to like try to keep a hold of. For me, when I interned for golf ball, it was obviously like my expectation was that I would be prepping for a weekend in June that never happened. You know what I mean? And I was lucky that I still kept my job, super lucky. But creating those opportunities, I ended up spearheading kind of this virtual pitch to them throughout my internship and it was like hey like this is really weird this virtual environment's crazy like we're all adjusting to it but I have this idea and it was really I think it made an impact from the standpoint that it's like hey I'm trying to make the most of it so I think you know I would say in terms of the future of music I hope drive-in concerts become a bigger thing they've seemed to be pretty successful particularly for smaller acts I think one thing to keep in mind is like live music will come back and I think it'll have a huge boom when it does, when it's safe enough to be able to. And I've been trying to keep the faith a little bit, you know, for me, I'm going to be a part-time student. So I'm currently going through this spring internship process, which is something I've never been able to do before because I'm not, you know, a New York or LA student. So I'm interviewing for a bunch of places right now. So hopefully one of those pans out for me and I would say like, even if you're in live, like there's still a lot of opportunities. The people in live have like so many skills that can be transferred to a lot of different areas of the industry. And if I'm saying that as somebody who has live experience only from like a student's perspective and like doing it for my college, you know what I mean? And like interning in high school, then I'm sure like the people that have been furloughed or whatever from like these amazing companies have even more incredible skills and experiences that any company would be lucky to have. Thanks for sharing your perspective on that. And, you know, the last little thing I want to chat about is, did you ever expect to be reached out to, to be talking on a music business podcast without having to promote yourself? No. Oh my God. No. When you sent me the LinkedIn DM, I was like, what the heck? Yes. I don't know. I I never expected. I, I don't think I'm in a place, right? I'm 21 years old. I don't think I'm in a place to give anybody career advice. Not necessarily, but, but I think if I there's think anything that I say that could be helpful. Yeah, I think that 
you know, don't sell yourself short because maybe you're right. Like you're not going to give anybody advice on how to be like a VP or like a marketing manager or like maybe an artist manager. But I think that, you know, you've, you've picked up a lot of great skills on how to stand out for, for getting your, for putting like the right foot forward in interviews, for opening up opportunities, for seeking out Facebook groups, like the ways that you can put yourself forward without spending any money really without even getting a job you 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 know you're talking about mingling with your peers you're talking about taking courses in not music business or not even business and you're like okay well i landed marketing jobs and then with that marketing skill set that i got from what was what was your first job you're working with clothes right like cloth and karma yeah exactly you know you took that knowledge you're like i didn't know anything but i just went in and i was like i want to learn and then your next internship was at Atlantic Records. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, like when you put it that way, (laughs) how it's all happened. And I would say like for anybody listening or like people that want to get into music but don't have any experience, I would say like the biggest thing that I'll carry you forward is like being intrinsically motivated and being proactive and like having grit and not wanting to like promote your own music as a means to like, get into these big companies because like that's I don't know like I when I worked for Atlantic and even when I worked for GovBall and I had those companies like in my Instagram bio like I get DMs from people every day and I was like yo like I'm just an intern I don't have you know any power and I wouldn't like usually wouldn't respond to them unless they were good but in this day and age like building your social media following building like your streaming capacity is probably like the biggest thing to do before reaching out to a label. It's interesting that you said that, you know, so many people would hit you up like on LinkedIn or to your email being like, oh, you work at, you work at Atlantic. Like, can you get me signed? Like, listen to my music. It was actually mostly my Instagram. It happens, actually, it happens a little more now just because of Warner, like my company's on my LinkedIn. It happens a little more on my LinkedIn DMs. Yeah. You never know where a connection might lead. And it's really oh, important yeah. to just be open to meeting a lot of people. And that's something that I think is, it's, that's what's going to change in the music business. Cause I, I know a lot of people will write to professionals in music and like, they'll never hear back. Yeah. And I think like, for me, it's like, I've always been somebody that loves to meet new people. I know you're the same way. And like, that's something I could even connect to. Like I was a tour guide for two years at my college and like, I just met a ton of people that way and like dealt with a ton of personalities. And they remember you. I'm sure yeah. a lot of them remember you. Well, there are even kids at FNM now who are like, you were my tour guide. You know what I mean? And you like, might not remember them because you had so many. I never do. Never yeah. do. It's terrible. <laughs> but, you know, and you want to, I'm sure. But yeah. yeah, 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 of course. But, I, you know, I've toured hundreds of families. Yeah. Cool. So, Elena, thank you so much for donating some time, for shedding some knowledge. Is there any like last thoughts that you have to sh- tell everyone? I mean, I think being a senior in the midst of a global pandemic about to enter the workforce is really terrifying, um, particularly like in this industry. But I think trying to just really get to know people during this time, um, you know, in the past, I might not have had time to like go into the city and grab a cup of coffee with somebody, but nobody has an excuse now when they're all in their houses. So I would say like, just trying to talk to as many people as you can, not even like trying to get something out of them, but trying to just learn about their career journey is something that I've really tried to do during this time. And again, not trying to be like, Hey, do you have any jobs? But it's like, Hey, 
I see you're a marketing assistant. You're probably only a couple of years older than me at like this major label. And I would love to like hear about what you do. I think people are a lot more willing to like talk about their own experience instead of like refer you to their boss without knowing you. I've said this so many times, but I'm going to quote Pitbull one more time. Ask for money, get advice. Ask for advice, make money twice. Exactly. <laughs> Our profit Pitbull. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Elena. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to check back in and shout all of you out who are taking the time to check out the podcast, especially those of you who have been sharing it with your friends and writing me such nice messages on Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you or someone you know has an awesome story that you think should be shared with the world, feel free to write me directly on any of our socials at The First Act Podcast. Until then, stay safe.